All right. Thank you for tuning in to another exciting episode of Jackman Radio. I'm your host, Eric Jackman. I got to my left. Mike Jackman, the other host. Mike Jackman and our producer, sound editor extraordinaire, third mic host, Ricky Gray over there. Ricky, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Incredible, man. You know, enjoying another week. And uh, really psyched tonight. We are doing our first in-studio interview and guest coming in, and it's my friend, Mr. Cullen Tiernan. Cullen, thanks for being here with us tonight, man. Thank you for having me here, gentlemen. This is great. I'm so glad this worked out. It's exciting. And um, Cullen, of course, is uh, he's an Aloha brother. I met him uh, through Tulsi Gabbard's campaign. So we just I wanted to have him on just to uh, shoot the breeze and get his takes on everything that's going on right now and current events. And we'll uh, you know talk about the campaign, how we met, uh, some fun stories and some experiences. And uh, yeah, we'll just we'll, we'll, we're going to bring it to you. We're going to bring it to you. Excited, yeah! Happy yeah. to be here. <laughs> Granted, state. Yeah, so we got uh, we were talking about our bevies of choice. I'm I'm doing uh, uh, Sauvignon Blanc white wine tonight. I'm doing the civilized white wine thing, and I'm doing a uh, a mixture of Stella Artois and the Working Man's uh, Coors Banquet, which is the drink of choice for Johnny Lawrence on Cobra Kai. Oh, a Coors Banquet. And I'm going local with a Czech Pilsner, <laughs> which is of course made um, in Mount Washington Valley. By the Mountain Brewing Company. Yeah. They got strong Czech ties. New Hampshire Czech Republic. I've always associated Little Prague, you know. Yeah, with with the Moat Brewery. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to the Moat Brewery. North Conway. (laughs) North Conway, is that where it is? Yes, sir. Um, Remember, New Hampshire represent. (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, actually, yeah, we can can also put those uh, Czech Pilsners in honor of uh, my favorite Czech hockey player, Yarmir Yager, who just turned 49. 49 years old he'll be uh he'll be 50 next year and he's still playing professional hockey over in Czech Republic for Klodno the team that he owns and um he is second all-time in scoring to Wayne Gretzky and Gretzky just turned 60 and of course he's been retired for about 20 years I don't know are you big are you into hockey at all Colin? I, I don't say, know I, I do love you, um my favorite Wayne Gretzky quote is um you miss all the shots you don't take yes yeah and I think that's a great political quote as well as uh, just uh, philosophical. If you don't do things, if you, if you if you don't try, you're always going to lose. Yeah, if you don't just go for it and, and take a shot at it. But um, it's a good lone gunman quote too. It's true. <laughs> Have three names and and don't you know you will miss all the shots you don't take. Yeah, Even true. though we know none of the lone gunmen are actually the gunmen. Infowars.com and they got the three names. But yeah, um, God, there's so much going on right now. I mean. Where do we even start? I, I, you know, I wanted to have you on, too, just uh, because we ha- obviously have a new administration in now. And, you know, you and I spent better part of a year uh, involved in the 2020 Democratic primary. And uh, I guess before we get started, just tell people about yourself and, you know, who you are, where you're from, where you grew up and, and how you got involved in politics. Sure. Yeah. So Cullen Tiernan, I'm actually living in uh, New Hampshire now, so i am got a political job here. But um, if I were to step back, I grew up in Maryland. I went into the Marine Corps at 18. After the Marines, I went to college in University of Virginia. I uh, studied English literature. Um, one of the things that when I was in the Marine Corps was kind of unique about me. If you've ever seen the movie Full Metal Jacket, mm, I had yeah. the same job as Joker from that movie. So I was a combat correspondent. I got to do a lot of writing, both photography and writing. Photography is kind of interesting because that's where I was able to be creative 
there's real no censorship with photography um so it was encouraged to be uh, creative and in fact i mean if you think of the marine corps a lot of people will immediately think of iwo jima and mm. the flag raising and yep. how powerful that single photo is one of my so kind, uh, most iconic photos of all time it's a permanent monument down yeah. in dc yeah. i mean yeah. it's, Wh it's which is kind of funny too because it's actually a staged photo yeah is it really yes uh, oh. it, it, they had raised a flag there before and then somebody who is a, a smart um great with pr great with oh. pr is like, let's do it again for the cameras We'll do it live. Yeah, fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> had Bill O'Reilly there directing it. You know, you know. It was a lot of yelling, I'm sure. It's going to be called yeah. uh, Killing Eisenhower. Yeah. You know, Killing Lincoln, Killing Kennedy, Killing Eisenhower. One, killing Iwo Jima. Killing, killing Iwo, Iwo Jima. Killing yeah. it in Iwo Jima. <laughs> Raising Iwo Jima. That was the original TikTok doing a, that. A I lot mean. of problems uh, that were solved within 15 to 30 seconds. Wow. Yeah. So, so we, but you, when you were documenting, obviously in the Marines, and you, and you can, if you want to discuss, you spent. Yeah, we, you, we can you, talk about that for you a bit. You deployed yeah. to Iraq, um, yes, Afghanistan too. Just Iraq, Ar but uh, but I also went all over Africa, and I was in fact um, in, um, I was in Liberia when we started bombing um, Libya. Wow. And, mm. and 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 then I had to work in South Africa, and the South African government was uh, very close with Gaddafi. Because yeah. uh, Gaddafi was very much anti-apartheid and had given them a lot of weapons, so they were not at all happy with the America. So you had some target on your back, even more a so than bit, usual yeah. at that time, because yeah, of mean, what was I, going on. I, yeah, I mean, it was actually I was in Morocco when uh, we killed Osama bin Laden, and, oh, okay. and, and I was uh, grounded for the weekend. In 2011. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we were not allowed to go out into public. That, that had to have been a while. What, what were like? You're in a barracks, wherever you are, with a bunch of other American Marines. What was like the response initially when you heard Bin Laden had been killed in that raid in Pakistan? I, w I was actually, to be honest, I was worried. I'm yeah. a Muslim dominant country, <laughs> right? I um, would anticipate there would be some uh, negative reaction, and I think there had recently been a bombing in Marrakesh, so, so we knew people who didn't like us were around. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, it wasn't a great feeling at all. I mean, I, I remember I was in a boot camp when, or um, Marine Corps training after boot camp. There's uh, more training in North Carolina, um, but when we captured Saddam Hussein, yeah, and that feeling was kind of like a weight off your shoulders. But with, and I think, and this kind of proved right with um, Baghdadi. But it was when you're killing Bin Laden, what does that actually accomplish? He's not leading the insurrection in Iraq. He's not even in Afghanistan leading an insurrection yeah, there. Yeah, he's, he's hanging out at the uh, Pakistani equivalent of the West Point. Audub what was it, Audubon? Audubon in a compound. Correct, yes. And, uh, and, and, and who knows what connections he has in Pakistan there. Oh, to yeah. the intelligence services. Yes. The ISI, generals. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, wow, that's wild. Yeah, so so uh, Iraq, what... What year were you in Iraq? So, how long, uh, how long were you there for? 2005 to 2006. Okay, so you did yeah. a full year over there? Well, it was it was about seven months. Um, okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, uh, wonderful <laughs> Christmas. Was that during the <laughs> John McCain surge? Surge. Was the surge? surge is working. Yeah. What was the first surge? I mean, there was... So, yeah, I mean, think about it. 2003. Well, that was the soda in the 90s. Yeah, we invasion in 03, and then yeah. we're surging ever since, baby. <laughs> yeah, lots of surge. <laughs> right, we went in in March of 03, March, March of April. March of 03. Yeah. And Brian, Brian Williams... Brian Williams was there. Stellar reporting. He was. He was. He was there. I can't leading. wait till we get into how much we love our journalist friends. Oh uh, yeah, we are, we are going to talk about the fake news media. <laughs> um, oh, you love the uh, uh, the the gal there from um, the was she NBC or 
The toady? You had tea with her? Oh, not, not Barry Weiss, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> oh, her, yeah. Uh, no, um, she was in New Hampshire a lot, covering, to- she was embedded with uh, Tulsi oh, Gabbard. Oh, Miss B. Yeah, Miss oh, B. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's amazing. She's, yeah. She, she's, she's, gives she's the, a step above. We love she her. She gives the fake news a good she's, name. She's a cut above, man. She's a sweetheart. And a little bit nicer than Casey Hunt. Well, uh, it's funny, because I, I knew uh, Beatrice from the 2016 RNC. I actually originally met her out there uh, dressed as Trump. Mm. I was doing my Trump kabuki act out there. And on Radio Row, she was working for Politico at the time. And uh, I think she just had me say a few things, record a few things as Trump. And um, she got a kick out of it. And then we started following each other on Twitter and stayed in touch. And then flash forward to the uh, primary in 2020. And she's like, hey, I'm covering Tulsi's campaign. And I I see you're part of it. And you're in New Hampshire. We're going to be seeing each other. So small world. I mean, She's someone who's intelligent enough to like buy me shrimp and grits in Atlanta, Georgia, <laughs> and be like, "Of course, this Marine's gonna love you forever." Exactly. <laughs> Never forget that. And, and then on top of that, in terms of asking fair questions, doing mm. due diligence, mm-hmm. um, building relationships, learning the history. I mean, I, yeah, she's just amazing. She journalist. was one of the best. Yeah, she understands. She really was one of the best. She's the kind of person who can like tell you what you ate for breakfast. And you're like, I, I forgot that I'd eaten that. Thank yeah. you for your due diligence. Yeah, no, she was one of my favorite parts of the campaign was, was getting to spend time with her here in New Hampshire. Um, so 2007, you were in Iraq? 2005, or 2006. 05 to 06. So yeah. you were, what, 19, 20 years old? Um, it's kind of funny. When I got back from Iraq, within a month, I had tur- I turned 21. Okay. So, yeah, so I was 20. You were 20 over there. And, um, and then I had a birthday keg. Which I felt very adult about. Yeah, <laughs> happy a keg? about. You got a keg. What was, ke- it? was it? Yangling. Oh, was it oh. Pennsylvania? No, it was in Maryland. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was in College Park, Maryland. The oldest beer in America. Yingling. I think the oldest yeah. brewery. Yeah. Yeah. Snopes, can you fact check that for me? Yeah. Okay. Let's get let's it's get true. involved. Yeah. Don't cancel me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a pretty blanket like, statement. Russia, if you're listening, can you get the thirty thousand missing emails? <laughs> I would also like some vodka, please. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, Even and though a, I never took a drink. A Moscow mule. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, that experience obviously had, a, had an impact on your views on foreign policy and the, the war machine. And, you know, so you signed up when you were 18. That's when you went to boot camp? Yeah, yeah. It, technically, you signed when you are 17. 17. So it was very shortly after 9-11. And, yeah. and okay, so what, um, what inspired you to sign up for the Marine Corps? Like, what, what motivated you to, do, to make that choice after high school? Well, my grandfather parents my both of my grandfathers have been in the military in world war ii my um mother's father was in the navy um my dad's dad was in the army so i was kind of honoring both of their traditions and then also i, was, I knew that if i was going to go to boot camp i wanted to do the most intense challenging version of boot camp and the uniforms look better you know the, the dress <laughs> blues like you ricky really did it look better than the up. army uniform or where are you on that which one? The it's Marine, the Marines. The dress blues in the Marine Corps, I think, the, the best-looking uniform. Are they better looking than the armies? Let's just say that who, who guards the president. I don't know. The color guard looked pretty good. In the, the honor guard. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. The, 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 they had the dress blues in the honor guard. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Ricky, he We can do photos after. Or just We'll let the public decide. <laughs> I think the only I, reason the Marine Corps still exists is because we look good in our uniforms. I, I, yeah. I, I think they all look good in uniform. You know, I, 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 like, a, I like a nice man in uniform, folks. I'm, he's, like, he, he's like, I'm not gay, but I'll, I'll bring you down to the gun range. We'll get a steak. Yeah, we'll get a nice Juicy steak, steak afterwards. Steak. I, got, I got pinups of all the boys in the uniform, the boys in blue. Infowars.com. Um, so, right. So it was honoring family tradition and 
post nine eleven. Post right. Oh, yeah. uh, also, I mean, yeah, I've always been interested in the world. I mean, I grew up in Maryland, right outside of D.C. So getting involved in history and politics, all this stuff has always had an appeal to me. Now, going in, uh, generally, what was your attitude towards our uh, occupation of Iraq and overthrowing Saddam? When I was, uh, so I, I think the moment that I kind of started to become disenchanted with that was when I saw the torture um, prison photos. Abu Ghraib. Correct, yeah. That, that, that was the first, up until then, I had kind of seen us as the, fundamentally the good guys, like what Saddam had done in Kuwait, um, what he could do to his neighbors. I really wasn't that familiar with the 1980s and the war between Iran and Iran right. and how we kind of supplied both sides with weapons and more much more the propaganda of like Saddam using weapons on his own people versus how did he get those weapons? Were they maybe given to him by us in order to use on the Iranians? Who's, who's got those receipts yeah, for the I, weapons? I, I, all that stuff and the WikiLeaks and mm -hmm. all the fun things that would uh, eventually come to form the amount of knowledge and like world um, yeah, world knowledge that, uh, that, I, that we all have now. So, I mean, when you're, when you're in the Marine Corps, is there not a lot of room to be anti-war and against imperialism and occupation? Or I mean, what's what's the feeling like that when when you're yeah that's while you're idea. serving, or do you wait till you get out, or like how what, you know? Yeah, I mean, you really can't be critical of anything. I mean, and um, and just in general, I think I've always kind of looked at things like I don't know if you're familiar with the book Rules for Radicals, but it, it basically um, one of the things I took away from reading that was if you want to have any influence on anything in society, you have to be involved in it. You have to mm. join it. If you're not there. Um, Things arguably can be worse if there's no one of good conscience, or if you're just armchair and you're not involved yeah, at all, exactly. getting involved it's, it's on some very, level. It's very, very easy to be critical of, of stuff. I mean, the internet is is wonderful for, for how many people can talk shit, yeah. Uh, but 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 then how many people can actually do things with their lives, and how many people get involved and go out there? So, so yeah, I, I was always kind of conscientious of that, and um, and if you want to eventually have bigger um, influence, you have to. You know, do your due diligence or do your work first. Back to Beatrice. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think we saw a lot of people with Tulsi's campaign. Uh, speaking from experience here in New Hampshire, you had veterans um, who were um, had become anti-war. You had um, Republicans, Libertarians, Progressives. You had this great mix of people here in New Hampshire that heard a candidate like Tulsi Gabbard, and that's. You know, her, really, her mes message of anti-war, of re anti-regime change, war um, resonated first and foremost. But it's it was great for me because I've I've voted for Republicans, I voted Green Party, I voted Libertarian, I voted Democrat. I look at the whole thing since the 2004 election with what happened with Kerry and Bush and how disenchanted I was after that. I have looked at it as the lens of it doesn't matter what the party is; it's what the candidate, what the message is, what the experience of the candidate is, and I think. A lot of people who, who would agree with that uh, kind of saw Tulsi through that lens. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's really interesting to have somebody as refreshing as Tulsi. And w I think what first attracted to me w to her was her standing up to the DNC. And yeah, like giving up that plum post as, as the what, vice chair of the whole DNC. Co-chair. Yeah, yeah, I think there are two vice chairs, so there might be co-vice chairs. But yeah. we all know that the chair was 
Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Yeah, we can we can ask Tim. We can ask Tim Canova about still her. In government. <laughs> she wasn't partial to any candate. No, in no, no, she was a neutral entity objective. during twenty sixteen. She gave Bernie a fair shake. There yeah. was one to two debates. That's all the public needs to know. Yep, that's well, right. Which I mean, kind of actually, that, that thought gets me back to why I like Tulsi so much, and to your point about regime change wars and. Um, and you know, going to the University of Virginia and being really into Thomas Jefferson, knowing that for a functioning democracy, you need to have an informed public. And our media currently doesn't do the best job of that. And so you need candidates and people who are willing to take the time to inform and to educate the American people because I mean, that's why she trended during the debates. I mean, that's why she destroyed Kamala Harris. She was saying things that none of the other Democratic candidates would even have the guts to, to mention or say. And then Saturday Night Live makes her a villain. Yeah, they, they could try <laughs> to compare to Cruella DeVille. Yeah, yeah. Saturday Night Live, you, you've been so lame. Mad TV ate your lunch back in, like, the year 2000. You've never recovered. <laughs> it's true. So that, so that was um, probably one of the first things that put her on your radar was her... Breaking from the DNC yeah. and sticking up for Uncle Bernie in 2016 and calling bullshit on that whole process, which was all reinforced when Willie Leaks, WikiLeaks. Love the WikiLeaks. Gotta have the WikiLeaks. Showed all the internal DNC emails and all of the shit that, and fuckery that was going on proved right what she did. It proved, you know, it proved her correct. Yeah. And it backed up why she did what she did. So um, that's when you kind of first heard about her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, and I was a Bernie Sanders delegate right, in 2016. Right, in California. Yeah. California. Yeah, quite a, a rowdy delegation, mm. if, if you um, <laughs> are familiar. Um, but yeah, and and that experience, I mean, being there at the DNC and being treated like we were. In Philly. Yeah, in, in Philly. Like luggage in the bottom of the Titanic. <laughs> Look, okay, I have my boarding pass, okay? I'm here with the, I'm in the, un, uh, I'm in the same lifeboat as the unsinkable Wally Brown. I have, yeah. I'm sharing a room with Leo DiCaprio on the Titanic because okay. the 1% owns the rest of the ship. I'm shoveling the coal. 1% owns 99% of the Titanic, and that's wrong. I'm going to shovel the coal so the Rockefellers can stay warm. <laughs> He's wonderful. He's wonderful, Vermont. We, we love Maple Uncle, syrup, man. We love Uncle Bernie, Colin. And, um... So, right, so you were a Bernie delegate in 2016, and there's a lot of great pictures of you out there with Ro Khanna and Bernie hanging out. And then, so you were also the veterans chair of the, tell, tell of me. Of the California Democratic Cal Party. Democratic Party. Yeah, so and what, I ran so for vice chair of the entire thing as well. That's pretty big. I got about like 12, 13% of the, the vote. So tell the, me about that process, bec becoming the, the vet chair of the uh, So yeah, let me tell a little story quick about, that's cool. about the DNC too, just so you understand yeah, why. How are you treated, Colin? I will Colin? always you be involved in politics. Were you treated Democratic fairly, Party. Colin? <laughs> um, so we were chanting no more wars. You know, I literally, I think for two or three days, yelled that till like I couldn't talk without moving my um, my voice box, essentially. Um, but they ch decided to bring out a giant oversized American flags with which to cover my no more war sign. And I, and I just, as my you know Irish luck would have it, was in the very front, so the flag was right in my face. And it's like this kid, and, I, and I'm you know trying to be as polite as I can, but also whispering to him that like you should leave. Mm. And then there's this beautiful, wonderful Argentine woman behind me named Margarita Lacabe, 
and she got into his ear and she said something and that kid's face went white as fuck and he got the fuck out of there <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> but, nice. but but yeah i mean and then afterwards we learned that you know there was all kinds of counter chants to our chants right. and a, a lot of like yeah. bobby mook or robbie muck or whatever. Oh, robbie mook yeah, yeah robbie cock he's yeah. hillary's butt boy yeah, he's the, in WikiLeaks. he's a pedestrian hillary one, butt boy wonderful great, individual great guy incredible guy. guy he he would never compromise his morals for a paycheck i i think I, I think he should be rehired immediately by the biden administration because him and new york would be great he got a lot of training being yeah. a doorman at Epstein's Island, yeah, you know, <laughs> I can't prove that. That's just I don't conjecture. Know that, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm just I'm in there at ten, and they belong <laughs> together. Right, so I mean, yeah, the DNC I know was so overtly hostile to all the Bernie delegates in 2016 in Philly, and I, I went to the RNC that year to do my Trump comedy thing and my impression, which was a whole a whole other thing. But I paid attention to the 2016 convention, and it just looked like really heartbreaking. I mean, Sarah Silverman coming out. Come on, guys. Come on. Come on. I like Bernie, but come on, guys. You're, you're trying being to ridiculous. Get, trying to get everyone on the, the yeah. Hillary. The, yeah. The yeah. I'm going to listen to Sarah Silverman. Yeah, come on. Her her political acumen was matched by Katy Perry's <laughs> in, 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 a, in a way that I, I still I still think that both of those people are not at all to fault for Trump winning. Hmm. In, a, in no oh. way do they drive people to the polls. No. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Katy Perry is to music what Sarah Silverman is to comedy, okay? Quite frankly, <laughs> not that good, okay? A total I, disaster. Okay, I need to have my own stand-up special, and I'm going to get it, okay? Ben Shapiro is going to produce me with Gina Carano. She's going to be my opening act. The thick bounty hunter from The Mandalorian who was so treated so unfairly. So unfairly. She was treated so unfairly. It was so sad what happened to her, Ricky, Cara Dune. Can you believe how she was treated, Ricky? You know, it happens to all of us, though. You just stay on the internet for that long. Well, don't give an opinion that uh, that Debbie Wasserman Schultz doesn't like, <laughs> yeah. you know, because Disney will it Disney will keep a VP pedophile on its payroll for many years until a, a seventy year old kid. Uh, the accusation comes out. You guys can look this up. You can actually look this up right now. Go ahead and look it up. What is they, it? They had a VP at Disney that had oh yeah, had, uh, you know, it was was a pedophile oh, and was involved in decision making, and you know they knew about it. They kept him on the payroll. Gina Carano puts out a tweet, which is you know okay, yeah, it's it's. It's not the best comparison. Dumb. It's not I whenever mean, you evoke yeah. the yeah, Holocaust. It was stupid. It is. It is. It was I mean, bad. But Pedro Pascal did the same thing in 2018. He used the Holocaust to compare the kids in cages w w during the Trump administration. Yeah. And well, look, well, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's horrid. It's horrible. Nobody wants to see the kids in cages. But he engaged in the same kind of hyperbole that she did. And he's still... He's, still, he's Mando. He's though. Mando. He's, he Are they going to cancel Baby Yoda because they found out he used to watch All in the Family or something? <laughs> like he's an Archie Bunker fan. Like, yeah, where does it end? Even the president of France is upset at our cancel culture. Yeah, that's uh, you just get something. Macron on your Macron. Ass, so. uh, the king kind of fell. Had a uh, honeymoon. Had like a real they had a whole bromance and honeymoon they loved because each the king other. couldn't keep saw his hands off him. The military parade Macron was given over. They had over in France because their their pomp, pomp and circumstance in France is incredible. The military, military pomp and circumstance, and the king, he wanted that here in America. So I really think the bug started in France for him. Remember when he was all about having? Ta I want tanks. Was the best deal. I guy? want a I want my own military parade, Cullen. Okay. How much money does that cost? <sighs> it was, it was going to cost untold <laughs> millions. Do you think they care about that? Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, that comes from a separate budget than the one that comes to help people. Yeah. That's the one we're going to take from the Army Corps of Engineers to build the wall. <laughs> to, to build the wall. <laughs> the wall will get built eventually. Yeah. Oh, and it just got 10 feet higher. So, 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, back to Tulsi standing up to the DNC and having Bernie's back as a, not only as a like a vice chair of the whole Democratic Party, but as a sitting member of Congress, one of the few in the whole Congress to endorse Bernie. As a veteran who's against and, war and an anti-war and with Bernie's foreign policy veteran, right? Exactly. I mean, t- today, after Rush Limbaugh passed, may he rest in peace. May he rest in um, peace. Uh, I saw Henry Kissinger was trending, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, why, for being alive. But I remember, um, I remember that Bernie had a wonderful moment in the debates with Hillary when he said that he would not be getting his foreign policy advice from Henry Kissinger. I am not friends with Henry Kissinger. Okay, I'm not going to get my advice from Henry Kissinger. Okay. It's not Henry Kissinger. That was great. And then, and then Stephen, I remember I, when I interviewed Stephen Kinzer, he told me he had a fanboy moment when Bernie was talking about um, Mossadegh, the overthrow of Mossadegh in Iran back mm-hmm. in 1953. Bernie, to his credit, did bring that up during the debates. I remember you know, asking Eric Swalwell about that once and like getting he was this like, look on his face. Like, yeah. What did he say? <laughs> he was reading about it. He farted on you? He's going to read up on it. He's going to circle back. He has, gonna... to, he has to call his girlfriend over in China first. Uh, call uh, the Chinese girlfriend they, they first, They have not Colin. been dating for a very long time. I know, and he and, wasn't married at the and time. they weren't married. And, I mean, and, I honestly don't give a shit about that. That is that is not really... I, I mean, I would say him being on the intelligence committee... That, I mean, I, it's kind of close to the flame. You probably should be maybe, a little more careful, maybe right? Maybe put him on transportation with Look, pro- that's why we need proper vetting, okay? We need to have... <laughs> we need extreme vetting. We don't know what, what they're working at in the mall. Were they giving out food samples? We don't know what they're doing. But she, but that, that Chinese uh, gal also, though, had some dalliances with mayors, like Midwestern mayors. She I think did. was on her hit list she too. Did, yeah, and I, I mean, the fuck are you gonna get out of a Midwest mayor? <laughs> I actually, Mayor Pete. It, it's a Mayor long, Pete. Yeah. You're playing the long game. Yeah, Ma- well, Mayor, a good example. Yeah. Yeah. but um, if he's, he's transitional, and he's tr- you know, he's Trans- uh, transportational now. He's incredible. He loves the red line in D.C. And as somebody who grew up in Maryland and D.C. knows knows how fucked up the red line is, <laughs> the guy's so full of shit, unbelievable. Well, well, but yeah. but I'm glad I'm glad he was able to get the shadow app to help him in Iowa. I will give him credit there. And that's the thing, too, and I wanted to bring this up, too. So the Democrats in Nevada are actually looking to shut down uh, the Iowa caucus and and the, you know, caucuses in the Democratic primary, and they want to prevent New Hampshire from being first for the New Hampshire primary. Good luck. All I got to say, we have Bill Gardner. He's been fighting for the New Hampshire primary. Don't try it, Nevada. (laughs) Don't actually try it. Don't fucking test Bill Gardner. Okay. I will say that they stole the Oakland Raiders. Really? They steal this. Oh damn! They're, very, know, they're very quick with their thievery. <laughs> but no, the AP actually never called Iowa officially for anyone. Even though we can, I think we can all agree Bernie actually won. Bernie won. Come on, Bernie won Nine. Iowa. Bernie so would have won in 2016. And, and how, how about that group? The, the the group, the shadow group, was affiliated with Hillary Clinton and Buttigieg people. Oh like, yeah. I mean, do you even need to? Come on, like, how stupid do they think we are? I think that it's not. And I remember talking to Hillary delegates in 2016 about the TPP. I don't. I think that they just think people don't care. That people and that might be true for yeah, the most I mean, part. For the most, yeah, they, they can just roll this stuff over. I mean, look at not just the war in Iraq, not just the war in Afghanistan, all of the wars that were started during the Obama administration. Yeah, Yemen. Yeah, yeah, and I want to get into Yemen because that's part of why I came here. I remember like having this moment because, yeah, I don't, can we do this right now? Yeah, dude, this yeah. is this is free form jazz odyssey. So, so with Yemen. Biden had a wonderful moment, the best moment of his presidency so far, when he said we will stop giving 
Saudi Arabia support for offensive. Oh, offensive. Yeah. Operative and, and, and word. Now, what does really, that mean? Yes, and this is when you have to get into neoliberal doublespeak. <laughs> and, and, and Near attendant. Yeah, it was a wonderful nominee. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, so it's... It's so vague. I mean, look at how the United States is set up right now. We have a Department of Defense. We don't have a Department of War. We don't have a Department of Offense. And when you sell weapons to countries, whether those weapons are used for the offensive or the defensive, is very, very unclear. And and just for full clarity, too, it's like I, I speak as this, and, and, we, and we talked about Raytheon earlier today, but I, I moved to California to work for Lockheed Martin. Right, and, that's and, right. And part of why I quit that job and became a Bernie delegate or devoted all of my money and all, all of my life energy to having Bernie Sanders become the president was, was because I learned that their political action committee is very proud of the fact that it bribes Republicans and Democrats. And so there really is no difference in party. There's difference in donors. And so to understand politicians, you have to understand wh who's giving the money, just like a NASCAR. I mean, that's one of the, the memes of, like, if everyone in, in D.C. could wear a, a, a race car. Jesse Ventura seat. always said that they should wear patches like NASCAR race drivers. Jesse Ventura. Big old Raytheon patch, big old Lockheed patch, big Boeing, old Boeing, Blackwater, KDG. Kellogg, Brown, and Root. Z, right? They've been rebranded the, now several times. What, well, Black, yeah, whatever they're called. But you're Eric Prince and, and his well, um, his ghoul. His, he wants to privatize all Betsy of DeVos, His gang of ghouls. But you're absolutely right, Colin. I mean, so you're there. Yeah, you've told me a little bit about your Lockheed experience. How, how long, long? Yeah, how long were you there? What did you do for them? So I was communications, and it was. I mean, it, it was also the ugly side of corporate America, which is kind of funny because there was an argument today where it's like corporate America has HR, and it's like corporate america is hr that works for fucking corporate america right like this hr is not there to help the employees no 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 we're there like, to, we're there to sell weapons to and, fucking bandar and, and so lockheed martin my job essentially was helping with communications in pennsylvania but i needed to be in california because that's where the executive sat so you had to get the script yeah from a sea level yeah, and, and, and then from there, I was helping to move work from Pennsylvania to Colorado and Mexico. And so, I mean, that alone was kind of, you know, what the fuck. And, and, then, and then as you got further down, I, I got involved in something called Saudi Sat, which was us selling satellites to Saudi Arabia. And, and part of the work was, I mean, you know, I'm a progressive. I'm somebody who's like, let's respect everyone. And a lot of the employees at Lockheed Martin were like, very very racist to arabs and very much like these people slaughter goats in their garages which which is just kind of like i had to be like my articulate self and be like no i'm sorry they're not doing that that's you know these people are and wanting to um you know have access to outer space and to satellites and as i got more and more involved i learned about yemen and mm. what they really wanted to why why they needed satellites was was so that they can constantly understand what's going on uh, over Yemen yep. and be able to watch that every check moment. out those little Houthis because their relationship with Iran exactly yeah and so Saudi sec I need to do a deep dive. yeah oh sat. sorry sat. satellite satellite, satellite yeah. I got to do a deep dive on this but um, yeah Raytheon bombs uh, they've killed thousands of uh, innocent people uh, nurses teachers medical people uh, children. Um, innocent people in uh, Yemen the la for the last 
Oh, I five, mean, six any, years. Anyone who's part of the, the fucking military trough has got a piece of what's happening in Yemen. Yeah, probably 80 to 90 percent of the weapons are, are, are from Raytheon or their U.S. backed weapons that the, that we did. that we've sold them, that the king that, that's killed, the king sold them in Obama. It's, it's a huge actual human rights crisis that you don't hear a lot of the the, 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 uh, the woke establishment Dems ever ever talking about <laughs> or brunching about neolib double speak. Yeah, it's weird. I, I live to go to brunches and bring up Yemen. Oh, you know, like, that's like, based. I, I just want them dude, to that's know. Prog, dude, Colin's fucking prog-based edgelord. <laughs> He's prog, I, yeah. I will drink your fucking mimosas. I will do this. Like I, I, I think. But that's that's the heart. That's the heart of of dealing with uh, neo-libs on foreign policy. They don't. They ignore it. They don't even live you in have reality. You to go to where people are too. Yeah, but yeah, and and, and I remember watching uh, Jeremy Scahill's movie Dirty Wars, which was all about our drone program. What was happening in Yemen? I don't know if you've ever seen that one. Oh, no, it was really good. I, it was on Netflix Rick, for a long yeah, time. Yeah, so Ricky got me got me to watch that. Told me about it. You know, I, I didn't know a lot about Jeremy Scahill, who was with the Intercept. I think he still is, right, Ricky? He's yeah, I'm ready to sure, so, yeah. He's I think he's kind of like doing his own thing now. Dude, th- Dirty Wars is inconvenient for for anyone. Any of those brunch he talks people. about McRaven a lot too. Those, yeah, JSOC, Joint Special Operations Command. Yeah, when McRaven was in charge of JSOC and all of the horrible, inhumane, dastardly, just nasty things that 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 we are spearheading with our support of Saudi Arabia and our drone program in Yemen. I mean, uh, Scahill went over there and he had footage of of remnants of drones and, and he had serial numbers and shit you could trace back to where the fucking thing was made. Now... All of us in this room, we think about that kind of shit, but not a lot of people don't think about that kind of stuff. They don't want to hear about it. They don't want to talk about it or think about it, but uh, we have to. We yeah. have to, and that's po- one of the reasons I do this podcast, and I'm politically active, and, and I'm, I'm fired up. I'm as fired up as I am because imagine that happening here to us from another country, you know? And, and, and when you when you really put it to people like in, for a lot of Americans, you have to put it to them like that. Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Exactly. Well, how do you create an extremist? You know, what you do you bomb his family and friends, take away his home, take away th- their means of employment, take away their livelihood. What else do they have if yeah. they've survived? The radicalization oh, process, like how did ISIS become ISIS? If, if you look at in the in peninsula and in Yemen, the the, the quote unquote extremism, it's been on the rise because of the bombings under the Obama and Biden and Trump administrations. That did that, you, did you that's why the numbers have gone up in extremists and quote unquote terrorists. That 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 foreign policy and that posturing actually creates that. Totally, it does not make us safer. Did you ever make it to Djibouti? No. Djibouti is where we have our huge, large CIA drone forward operating base out of there to, to bomb Yemen. Yeah. A lot yeah, of those yeah. operations are led out of Djibouti. Um, so I, I did work for um, Marine Forces Africa, Marine Forces Europe. And when I was in Africa during that time, I would actually Zoom with the, the people in Djibouti. The, yeah. But it was it was. Um, it was, I mean, much more of like the the base people. There. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, there's, there's and I mean bases and like the garrison. Yeah. <laughs> not the not well, the yeah, yeah. the not, popular not, base. Not the hardcore like like going for weekends and um, raiding Somalia type oh, people. Oh God. Yeah. So do you think that there are other people on the inside who that, that are conscious of getting the, the the better of them, whether it be a private contractor, um, a merc, or someone in the military? 
who's like, man, this is wrong. We do need to change yeah, this. Yeah, totally. We do I mean, need to rever- reverse course um, if we're ever going to stop this, this craziness. And, and the human cost as well as the monetary and the manpower to, to keep this going. I, I think if you sat anyone down and were like, we are involved in starving a whole population of people, we're causing all this suffering, they would say, I do not want to do this. I, you know, th- On a human I, level. Yeah. And I mean, and, and that's why, in my opinion, they haven't voted for a war since Iraq. Well, a quote unquote war. I mean, Yemen's basically, a, I mean, let's be honest, you know, it, but it's not a declared war. Yeah. But it's still. I mean, it's a war led by Saudi Arabia. There's proxy, of course. But yeah. right. So you're saying an all out. Uh, I'm, I'm saying we the Congress has fundamentally given up that responsibility to the executive. Oh, now branch it's total, total executive. In, in order for there to be less accountability. No accountability. Yeah. Like when Trump dropped the Moab and he incre- he took off some of the barriers with respect to Afghanistan and who we were bombing or, or how we were how we were engaging in those kind of bombs. Yeah. He, yeah. he was only presidential in Brian Williams' eyes. He was not until he dropped the Moab. That, Beautiful yeah. bomb in Syria. That I shows mean, you the hypocrisy of the we media. Don't even, and of, of I don't the, even know who the fuck that thing killed or how many people it killed. They didn't even bother to really look or look, check it out. He just wanted to see the beautiful lights. The beautiful Moab. It gave a nice light. And Rocket Man, my bombs are way bigger and way stronger than yours. It's incredible. He did keep up the tradition. He he didn't he didn't uh, deport as many people as Obama and Biden. Granted, he only had one term. He didn't drop as many bombs, but he was. I think he was on his way. I think he dropped more bombs. The empire was rolling right along. Yeah, and, and at least in Afghanistan. I mean, he definitely kept to, that to your going. point about he, yeah, he changed the. He loosened the regulations on what you could bomb, so right. m- more targets were available. So, going back to only certain types of operations in Yemen, I mean, is this just a fucking ruse from Biden and his smokescreen and his people about us actually really scaling back Yemen and really trying to do something to change course there and help the Yemeni people and have peace talks. Yes. What the fuck? This I mean, is a, this is what I kept the, the rhetoric is we got to defend Saudi Arabia's borders, which is so much fucking rhetoric, man. And double speak. Honestly, I wake up in the morning worried about the borders of Saudi Arabia. I know. I'm sure most Americans do. I know. We need and I'm like, I, I would like everyone to have health care, but before we can have health care, we need those fucking borders strong i'd like some fr- covid relief yeah. for our small businesses and our medical professionals but and our first but but first we need to ensure the territorial integrity of saudi but Arabia. thank you the houthis are threatening mohammed bonsaw and i i don't wa- i don't want that to happen no i i worry I about my tax dollars to go but but yeah so th- this is one of the things i really wanted to say was, was the whole you know we are going to stop offensive right. so it's, it's it's very politically correct I hear you. Sanitized you language. Know, uh, you, and I've been working, uh, I, uh, to Rokana's credit, you know, he's, yes. really, he's really supported um, us on this issue. And I remember when I was chair of the Veterans Caucus, we invited the Arab American Caucus in, and we had a peace caucus. And instead of talking about Israel and Palestine, which is what everyone fucking talks about all the time, and, like, you can take really hard stances either way, we talked about Yemen just to see, like, kind of, like, do you really get what's going on in the Middle East? Do you really get our involvement? Do you see that like killing Palestinians and killing people in, in Yemen, the Yemeni people, is, is just as bad? It's the same 
conversation that we need to be having. You know, if you really care about one, you should care about the other. But but, but to to go back to the, the I hear you from the Biden campaign, right? It's like I hear you will stop the offensive hmm. and, and instead instead of like, you know, we'll stop the slaughter, we'll stop the, the violence, we'll the stop sanctions, the, the know, starvation, the sanctions, the starvation. it's this surveillance. You know, yeah, and, and I mean it's delivered from we should call him the Raytheon spokesperson for the Defense Department. Oh, yeah. Ray- Raytheon's guy is hanging out at the Pentagon. Yeah. he's he Unfettered. Made, he's got the nice corner office. And a, yeah. yeah. He's got the Rumsfeld he's, he's, suite. He's, uh, like the civilian side, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, well, it's just civvy. It's civvy. Yeah. Um, it's woke, though. It's a woke post. It is. They have it, woke brunch. Yep. When they woke. talk about the bombs. It's woke. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think they're going to start branding them with a whole different type of brand. I like That'll that. be a lot friendlier. God. But... but <laughs> <laughs> But the thing is that they, that they they still don't really get it, you know. It's 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 still like we don't want to give up what we're actually doing, like we we want to continue it, but we what we want to make you feel heard, and we also want to make sure that that you forget it eventually. Yeah, you stop asking about a couple it. of news cycles, and then nothing changes. Yeah. It actually, we're going to do more. We're going to kill more people in Yemen. Is what's actually happening. So, what was that like? What was that like bringing in uh, the the Veterans Caucus with the Arab Caucus and actually talking about something other than Israel Palestine? Talking about what was happening in Yemen. I mean, what was, it was what, so what was the response? Had, we, we, we had three people from Yemen there. Oh wow! One of them um, was somebody who uh, has a independent coffee company. So the um, the coffee beans there are tremendous. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys want to do a Trump impersonation the, selling Yemeni coffee. Even though I helped <laughs> genocide the entire country, <laughs> no one has better coffee beans than the Yemeni. Okay, the Yemeni coffee beans are incredible. There might be a little mixture of American munitions in the coffee bean, but you pick through that and it's unbelievable. We're going to start having it at the Trump Hotel down in D.C. starting in March. That's incredible. At a premium. Okay. We got a guy there we selling it. We have a Keurig it. machine with the shrapnel coffee. We got a guy there selling it, and we had the Saudis slaughter his entire family, but he agreed to come work for me. He's a great guy. He said nice things. He said nice things. Only the best. Only the best. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, it was a great experience. And, and, and honestly, I think it, it got a lot of people talking. And, and, and Rokan, I remember... Uh, you know, he's gotten more and more involved. I think he's gotten like leadership in DC involved. And that's why it's gotten to the level that it's at, where instead of Biden completely pretending it's not there, he's addressing it. Yeah. But still not in a way that is. I mean, not full Ron Paul. Not substance. No. Not really. Yeah. Not getting to the heart of the matter. No. Not talking about who we're arming, who we're creating, who we're propping up, what our sanctions are doing. To, but back to, to why we love Tulsi and why Tulsi is so great because it's not really informing people. It's not doing that work it's that Thomas theater. Jefferson wants. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's this yeah, kind of like uh, wag the dog. Yeah. Know, it's a know, stage like, play. And, and what we need is, is sustained change. Absolutely, we both, both parties. We need to tell those people well, in both parties and big money that we, 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 you know, we need to get them out of there. I mean, you're, you're, you will not be rewarded with a seat or a term in Congress or a post or a position in power if you keep with these policies. And so th- 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 that takes me back to the Chinese spy and why <laughs> she would um, want to um, have romantic relationships with mayors. Well, because the mayors are the ones who will become the Congress people. Okay, that's 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 good. So they're farm league so they before they become game. NHL. Long, they're yeah. they're AHL, American Hockey League, before they're National Hockey League. Yeah. 
And, and 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 one of the real fucked up things about the, this Chinese spy is, you know, you know, living in Fremont, California, it's, it's got a wonderfully diverse community. And, and one of the things I really grew to appreciate about the Chinese American community is their concept of longevity. And, you know, the way that they, they don't look at time in the same exact way that Western uh, philosophy or Western thinking does. Um, but, but yeah, with that also comes somebody like a culture that's been around for thousands and thousands of years and looks at things differently than we do. And that should be something that we adapt and incorporate. I mean, one of the coolest thing, one of the coolest people I've ever heard speak was the Dalai Lama, which this might ban me from ever going to China, but I got to <laughs> listen to him speak, uh, in Charlottesville, Virginia. And he talked about the Russian revolution, the French revolution, like these events had just occurred. Like the their ramifications uh, were still, gotcha. you know, going through like our like you know spiritual beings. Well, he's been reincarnated what like thirty five times he, or something. Yeah, he gets it. I mean, he he was there for it. Like when he saw that in the newspaper, he's, he's he there was with like, Keith Raniere and like, Nexium too. He's like, oh, Robespierre got it. Shit, yeah. I've been there. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. Remember, remember that cheese ass uh, reporter who sat down with the Dalai, Dalai Lama. He's like, what's your favorite pizza? He's like, I'll have the one with everything. It was so cringe. Uh, it was the worst dad joke. Okay. Like I, I think more Bill Murray from Caddyshack. Yeah, it could be. Is it, was it that his joke from from Caddyshack? Which one was that? Um, he he. It's been a while since I saw. He's a caddy for the Dalai Lama, and he and he goes around with him, and at the end of it, there's no tip, and he's like, "I'm not gonna give you a tip, but at your deathbed, you will have complete consciousness." <laughs> and and the and Bill Murray's like, "So I got that going for me." Got that going for me. That's incredible. Yeah. Then he made that movie, The Razor's Edge. You ever see that one? I have not that, seen. That was tied in with the whole Ghostbusters deal. Like he was after the first Ghostbusters, um, he was like, "If you let me go and make this pretty serious philosophical movie, like dr- drama, like de- straight face deadpan drama, I'll uh, I'll come back for Ghostbusters too." That was like part of the deal. That's awesome. The Razor's That's Edge. I, I love Bill Murray to be honest. He's got amazing stories of him oh, showing yeah. up at bars and pouring oh, people shots of tequila, washing dishes at a, a college party parties. in Scotland, um, and. Our buddy was a cab driver on Martha's Vineyard for a while, and he drove Bill Murray from the airport out to uh, Chilmark, where he lives. They talked about baseball. Talked for a about half baseball. Hour. He yeah, knew who he was. Big Cubs fan. He left him a nice tip too, by the way. He, Bill yeah, Murray. Speaking tips of tips, well, can I say yeah. Bill yep. Murray tips well? We know. We know firsthand. Bill Murray is a generous guy. Hmm. But um, I think that segues nice into so why we don't really have a fair, reasonable, honest, and open foreign policy debate in this country. Uh, big tech has a lot to do with that. And um, I had to, having you on, Colin, I had to have this Breitbart piece pulled up about you, um, which is, which is you know, timely. I mean, this, this piece was from a little while ago, but it's very timely. Former Tulsi campaign spokesman says big tech oversight needed following Twitter error. And now this, this was when your Twitter was shut down. And uh, Colin Tiernan, i got to read a little bit, you know, hum- sure, yeah, humor it. here, Colin Breitbart. We like Breitbart, Infowars.com. Yeah, so this is from uh, April 2020. Colin Tiernan, the former presidential campaign spokesman for Representative Tulsi Gabbard's 2020 bid for the Democratic presidential nomination, claims more oversight of the big tech masters of the universe, I like that, is needed after an alleged error saw him locked out of his Twitter account and threatened with permanent suspension. A Twitter spokesman said that an error to the platform's spam filter was the cause of Tiernan's suspension, but Tiernan, who is also vice chair of the Veterans Caucus of the California Democratic Party, questioned why establishment politicians never seem to be affected by similar errors. Great point, Colin. Yeah. Dude, bring us through this whole thing. This is a great piece, and uh, 
what what the fuck happened here dude yeah i mean is that's essentially what happened is that, that the, suddenly my account was blocked and i could not access it and i was canceled but i had no, nothing wrong dude i mean i follow your tweets every day i, I remember i remember when this happened i didn't i kind of go out of my way to be nice to people on twitter i do which, too which I, might be more obnoxious you know because they're telling you to go like die and like f- fall into a tiny hole and you're like, I hope you have a wonderful Saturday. Yeah. And that your lunch was tasty. Yeah. And I wish you and your family well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean, yeah, that just happened to Ron Paul. Yeah. So where, where his, um, how, so how did you get an email that's affiliated with your Twitter to your Gmail account or whatever account you have? And it says, Hey, we're, we're, uh, we're sus- we're suspending your account or like how does that how does you that you just notifi- can't sign on yeah okay so you went to log into Twitter that day yeah and I think a lot of people had taken screenshots already um, so I people were reaching out to me uh, being like hey Colin your Twitter doesn't exist anymore yeah I remember someone saying to me who was a Tulsi guy he's like dude what the fuck happened with Colin and I'm like well, what do you mean his Twitter's gone I was like what what the fuck yeah Colin is it. Colin is a gentleman on Twitter, just like John McCain. My father, <laughs> he, was, he was captured and tortured for 100 years. And then when he came home, he started seven wars because he was a gentleman. Uh, but yeah, you're perfect. a gentleman in that sense. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, like you said, Colin, you're not, you're not a, um, you know, you're not toxic. I'm not on an Anna Kasparian. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm not Anna. T-Y-T, how's that 20 million taste? Yeah. But um, um, this, this was a great quote, Colin. You said... I do not believe this is an experience people in Democratic establishment in the Democratic establishment have to confront, said Tiernan. Yet for many people who challenge our endless wars and our hawkish foreign policy establishment, this is a common occurrence on social media platforms such as Twitter and Facebook. So true. Yeah. And I mean, I think that goes back to the Ron Paul example where, you know, what does he really I think he went through almost the same exact thing. Yeah. Where suddenly he's deplatformed for what? And they never explain it to you. No. They never tell you. And the weirdest thing were the threatening ones were like, if you do this again, we will destroy your account. And and I, I responded to that with, what did I do? Like, <laughs> I mean, how can you even seek recourse? You can't even no. probably talk to a fucking human. I, and, then, you know, I, um, so I'm, I work um, with, with a union now. And there's a union member that I work with who had the same exact thing happen to him. But they never reinstated his account. Oh, it's totally shut down. No, it's still shut down, and they've refused to give him details. And you know, he he wasn't even a Trump person at all. He's a Bernie person. He was a Bernie delegate, at least 2016, maybe both times. But the fact that that he they would just take his Twitter away and never respond, and and you know, luckily I have some connections because of working for Tulsi that like are people who work in the tech industry and they reached out and for me and, and were able to correct it but for him they they still can't do it no recourse at all yeah it's really you're just shit out of luck and you know i want to ask you so when people say oh they're private companies private companies can do as they please i think at this point these are public utilities i mean where are you, where are you on that what's your take on yeah that? i mean and, and it's really interesting too because i mean I, I have to say I sleep better at night without Trump having a f- Twitter account. <laughs> yeah. Like, that should terrify It didn't terrify uh, me. Does it equally entertain you? Did it entertain you no, equally? I mean, I'm not going to say that it never enter- I, yeah. I, I laugh. I mean, you were there human. for it a lot of the time. Yeah. We, we I all. wouldn't say I was there for it. But I, I, I would say that I. We all I, were. I, 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 at times, I. I'm, I'm I, guilty. Yeah. I mean, like. Guilty of being there for I it. Never, I would go out of my way not to follow it. 
Um, but I would agree with you that there were times that it entertained me. I mean, that's part of what he I was. I mean, when, when, when he, you know, would call John Bolton a dog or a liar or a loser, that's the shit I was there for. Yeah. And, I mean, and forget the fact that he's the one who elevated John Bolton. I know. You told not to fucking hire the walrus. <laughs> I'm going like, to drain the swamp by hiring John by Bolton. fucking yeah. putting the swamp on steroids. And Barr, who looks like Elton John, by the way. Yeah. Barr. Um, yeah. Hold me closer, Tiny Dancer. <sighs> but... Um, Hold me close now, Jeffrey Epstein. It's, it's very, it's a very, you know, and, and, and I, I've never had this happen to me. But you said it's very, it's a very strange feeling to be deplatformed for no real reason. Continued Tiernan. to be told, be told by Twitter that if you repeat an offense, your account will be permanently deactivated when they give you no real clue what the offense was. Yeah. So you have no idea what the slight was. It's never, they never told you why. It's not like you incited an insurrection on Capitol Hill. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't, dude. You weren't amplifying Q shaman. You know, I, I don't. I think that guy had a wonderful headdress. He was incredible. Um, but I also think that he maybe should stay at home with his mom. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Or, he, or, or get some new headshots for the acting career. Yeah, or maybe just get a job, dude. I I bet you he will do cameos. Like, uh, like I that. for your yeah. next birthday, Colin. I'm going to send you his. I'm going to send you a cameo. Yeah, for you. That's good. Um. Yeah, but no, this is a great piece, and and, and of course this goes—it's timely as fuck. This goes saying. back to so I mean I consider myself a pretty progressive guy, um, but I'm reading here's the, I'm reading a piece from Breitbart here, but I'm not disagreeing with anything in it, and they gave you, they they gave you a fair shake here. Yeah, I mean you know? cer- it certainly helps their narrative, their agenda. In a way. Yeah, uh, I mean I, I'm not, but this is an area where some progressives can line up with the far right. <laughs> okay, well, we'll agree on some things. Well, I I think that we should all agree that in an open, free society, it's conversation and the winning of good ideas over bad ideas that should take Still precedence. being able to hear more ideas speech, that make you uncomfortable. More yeah. speech to combat bad speech, okay? For, for bad speech, it's not – you shouldn't just censor, oh, I disagree or I think that's wrong. They have no place at the table. More speech can combat – Bad speech. Yeah. More ideas. More dialogue. More ratios. Yeah, know, the ratio, Mike? Oh, yeah. He, there was all kinds of... I don't, I don't do Twitter. I just, I'm just i analog. I just do Facebook. <laughs> he just I, does MySpace. I don't do, I'm, I'm going to do the Jacqueline Radio Instagram eventually, folks. He okay? just does Parler and, and Gab. Yeah, I do, I do Parler and I do OnlyFans and Parler. What's that? Tom is an excellent friend. On MySpace, he was. Yeah, and, and, yeah he uh, would never shut you down, dude. He would. Tom has a higher lock, approval rating I, than Zuckerberg. He wouldn't lock you out. I don't think he's been involved with Cambridge Analytica once. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. Good God. Probably not. You know, but you know, that's uh, that's true, man. And I think that it's like we were talking about um, uh, bounty hunter thick Gina Carano earlier. You know, like being canceled for posting a a, a tweet that was, uh, or maybe it was an Instagram quote uh, post. No, it was a tweet. It's a tweet, whatever it was. It's a lot of it's a lot of power for it's a big platform tech tyranny, to have. Basically, they have so many government contracts that's just call them a private company. And if, if you strip th- them of all the money they get from the from the government, what do they have? What do they have? What are they really? A bunch of bots. Really expensive apartments just in the a Bay Area. Fembot Boston. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, all the tech bros and their cuddle puddles. Yes. You know. Yeah, it's uh, that's God now, folks. That's a new God. It's scary. Worshiping it down in your knees. What about the Hotel Cecil? You just watched that, right? I did. I, he, did. I think you, me, and Ricky. Ricky, you watched all that, too? Yeah, I uh, watched all four yesterday. Were you, were you kind of disappointed at the end, or what did you... Yeah, I mean, I kind of had a feeling going into the third episode 
that I was just like, I'm going to be extremely disappointed with how this ends. Cause there's just so many different things. And my, my favorite was, you know, they're trying to say that she was planted here from China to spread tuberculosis around Skid Row. <laughs> Spoiler. Skid Row's got enough problems. <laughs> like that, that one was comical, but yeah, I was, I was a little disappointed with how it ended. It's interesting because it actually mirrors the plot of a movie called Dark Water that came out with I think Jennifer Connelly was in it. It was during the J well, J horror wave. That it was I think in Japan the original movie came out first and then Jennifer Connelly's version is Yeah, it was Japanese that. first and yeah. So the Jennifer Connelly one came out in 05 or maybe later. I think that sounds right. Between 05 and 2010 I think and what happened was there was a a girl's body that was in a Water tank. A water tank on the top of the building that was impacting, like, the taste and the showers and the... And she wore a red jacket as well. Really? Yep. You know, the more you look at it, I looked into it a little bit. Um, it's, it's you know, the film, the four-minute film that went viral. There, there's, obviously, she's pressing all the buttons. She's doing weird stuff with her hands. She's looking down the hall and looking like try, she's trying to hide from someone. I think it could have genuinely just been a um, uh, an episode that she was having. Um, it came out that she was bipolar, I think. Yeah, bipolar Dead, class yeah. one. And another theory is that maybe she, w- during her travels, decided to experiment with drugs, even though I don't think they found any drugs in her system. No, they, d- they didn't find any drugs in her system, but they did notice that she hadn't been taking a lot of her medicine. She wasn't taking as, many as, sh- as much as she should, and... You know, as we kind of discussed before, a, a lot of that medicine can can not only have adverse effects, but if you truly, you know, she she was one of the the higher higher class or higher risk bipolar, and you you can have those manic episodes or you know psychosis, and you know personally, because I I studied psychology, that's that's what I got my degree in, and you know I personally think she was just having some sort of manic episode or psychosis. She had disappeared before, which, which came out, and right. she was on four or five different drugs. Yeah, she's on an antidepressant, mood stabilizer, and an antipsychotic. Yeah, she was on like three or four different drugs, and uh, she wasn't in a room with other people, and they complained to management, and she was given her own room after that. And uh, I think it, I really, you know, it's just one of those things, it, you, uh, you can call it Occam's razor or... What's the likeliest explanation for something? And I think what the documentary did, which was, I don't want to say cheesy, but kind of, you know, it exploited it a little bit, was just going to the, the seedy history of the hotel. Like Richard Ramirez stayed there, the Night Stalker, another active serial killer stayed there. A lot of deaths have occurred over the years, rapes, drug deals, overdoses, you know, other mysteries. But um, yeah, it, they tried to tie it in with like supernatural yeah, stuff. Like, w- once I got to the end and, you know, and you saw how it ended, I felt like it was kind of a shitty way for a documentary to kind of tell this girl's tragic story. But yeah, I mean, her it, family's face too. It, at the press it felt conference. like it felt like that was like a small portion of the documentary, even though it, it started out that that's what this documentary is about. But then it spent more time on all this other random shit when it was really just something that was super tragic, and it, it's kind of it's almost kind of like a disservice to her and her family. I think so, too. Yeah, they spent a lot of time with the old manager of the hotel going, oh, this place is great. We rebranded it and we painted all the rooms and she we have weird. we have a different entrance for the hotel. And But if you get on the on the elevator, right. you're still going to run into some seedy people. But that's part of the experience. Um, well, I have two things on that. I would say that I'm moderately obsessed with the movie The Shining. Oh, me too. And, and so like the Hotel Overlook and the Hotel the Stanley. Cecil. 
Yeah, the Stanley's real. Which is right. where Stephen King stayed in Colorado when he wrote The Shining, when he was dealing with his own alcoholism. And it, I remember reading this amazing piece about the movie The Shining as being the, the hotel itself a, a metaphor for America and all of the things that go wrong in America. And, and there's a, an amazing line that always stands out to me is, only the best people have stayed here. The, the <laughs> politicians, the celebrities, the athletes, you know, like the, when it was in its prime. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And, and, I, and I kept thinking about that when I watched that documentary because that, that takes you back to like the prime of, of L.A. post-war boom. The Cecil peaked II. in the 50s yeah. probably, and it never regained the, the sheen and the luster and, and, and that it had. Before yeah. that time. And then the other thing that I'm uh, really interested in, moderately obsessed, is the Hawthorne Hotel in Salem. Yes? Th- yeah. And that has a very haunted history. And um, the uh, giant seances have happened there. There's all kinds of energy. And, 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 you know, just these hotels in America and their histories and all of, all of the things that have happened there that people might want to forget but but it i mean as as much as the documentary is exploitative it also is a document to her life and a lot of people will remember her now and and maybe like even the bipolar piece right like uh, the, taking that more seriously and in 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 a way like uh, uh addressing that in a more adult way so more understanding for yeah. a young she was what 22 21, 21 i think she yeah. was young yeah so yeah. a little bit more understanding for someone who's dealing with uh anxiety and mental health issues that would keep you from going back to school or or having um being able to keep a relationship you know uh consistent over a long period of time because she was on social media a lot posting a lot about her travels and yeah, wanting Tumblr. to meet. Tumblr was her Yeah, she wanted to meet people and have these new experiences. And, you know, mental health, is, there's still the stigma attached with mental health. And, um, yeah, that if it opens up a conversation about that and it goes beyond the supernatural theories and they had that metal guy in there for a lot of it. And it was, it was almost like a uh, look over here diversion Yeah, that they spent a lot of time focusing on, you know? Yeah, I mean, g- going back to social media, right? The toxicity of being doxxed, which is another experience that I had working for Tulsi's campaign. What, like your address? Um, my parents' address and my f- my old phone numbers, and yeah, I was on on one of those um, f- was it four chan or eight chan or one of the chans, and it was after the Daily Beast had gotten my name, so I always have a special place in my heart for the Daily Beast. Um, but yeah, th- it was it was horrible. It was it was about sending me into the gas chamber and all of these neo Nazis. And there were quite a few of my friends in California that were on the same thread of like let's uh, like basically let's eliminate all of these political activists. Was this because of your work with Tulsi, or, or I think so? Wh- I think when I she rebuked David Duke, or wh- why why did you I have neo Nazis after you? I I think it, I think I think um, this is me speculating, but I think what happened was. The Daily Beast got my name, and those people wanted to intimidate me out of participating in the political process. And one of the ways that you can intimidate people out of political process is by being like, now your whole life's on blast and your family's in jeopardy. Yes. And um, and luck, like, I mean, unfortunately for them, I'm a Marine and I'm a little crazy. You mean there's something a little tougher? They <laughs> fuck with the wrong yeah. cult. Yeah. I was, I was like, and it's like, it's funny because I've been, um, you know, I look at you know M16, uh, 
it, it, like weapons as a responsibility and some like a, almost like a, a tool. Yeah, but like not just a tool, but like something that you have to almost sacred, you know, that you have to really care for and like, you know, keep clean and and is is a lot of work. And so it's like if I don't have to deal with that work, I'm very happy. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want that guilt. But the responsibility of dealing with that. Yeah, yeah no, that's heavy. Even even like maintaining. Sure, yeah, I mean, part of what all the problems that happen with guns in our country is you know people leave them carelessly in their kids or you know mm. somebody finds them and, and yeah, sometimes they one of they shoot one into your apartment. Yeah, that happens yeah. too. Yeah. Colin, people we, are not we we touched safe on this with weapons. In, yeah, yeah, we touched on this in the last episode. Yeah. So you guys maybe understand personally. Yeah. Uh, a tad, Lloyd. It's, a, it's kind of scary. Yeah. It's a little scary when it's invades your bedroom. Yeah. When it's in your bedroom and you, you can see the fucking, the round slug, like where it went. Could have been your head. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, getting docs that, yeah. So what, was this just all over Twitter and social media? Your family's info, your info? Like no, it, it was on on the particular thread on, on, the, on 4chan or whatever. Oh, oh okay. So your yeah. name was... Yeah, m- my name, and I think it's, and uh, that's one of the things I found out. I remember reaching out to Eric Swalwell about this. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, and he like, should call China. He referred yeah. you to the Beijing office. Yeah, they'll take care of it real quick for your call. No, no. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, basically, there was like, there's nothing that we can do about it. I think the servers are in the Philippines, so it is actually in Asia. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, and I got really into the weeds of it, and th- that it is what it is. They're allowed to do whatever they want on those sites. There's no accountability, and that's part of I think the that was what I remember the uh, organizing around Charlottesville happened there, and then I'm, I'm sure that the I mean I think one six the insurrection was more on Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, not that, that you know that those are people are gonna follow any re- repercussions for that, um, but yeah it, it, I don't I just that was quite an experience. Damn. Yeah, yeah I had no idea about that man. That that is scary. I mean. You do anything where there's a little bit of publicity around your actions and you become a little bit of a public figure or you're in the press, your name's out there. You, It's always in the back of your mind. You worry about shit falling down on your family and coming back. But um, And at that time, too, the press had put Tulsi's campaign in a corner. You know, like when I first gotten involved, I think they felt that they had smashed it. And then uh, part of the great joy and pride that I have of being a participant in that was like not only did we come back, but you know we really made an impact on those debates. Like th- there's no denying that like you know 45 seconds of Tulsi talking w- when she got very very little airtime in those debates was able to launch a thousand conversations. Well, she was the second. Uh, she was twice the most uh, googled. Uh, subject or, or person during those during two at least two debates. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. And the then Google tried to suspended her ads. Yeah, suspended our ads. That was motherfuckers. First one, yeah. Motherfuckers. That was before the lawsuit, and then of course, crucial timing. Millions of people are just first seeing Tulsi Gabbard and hearing the name. They don't know who she is. They're like, whoa, who the fuck is this? You know, I've never even seen her. Yeah, yeah. it was after. She, so Tim Ryan, the Congressman oh, Tom Ryan, oh, had said we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to be in Afghanistan From Ohio. forever. Yeah. Forever. Oh, yeah. Dude, Tulsi fucking Tulsi fucking hobbled him like um, uh, the movie um, Misery. Misery. Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates <laughs> hobbled fucking uh, <laughs> yeah. James Caan. Dude, there should be a meme of Tulsi like doing that with Tim Ryan's and then face. She, she blanked. She basically blanked Kamala for getting any delegates. Oh, dude. Of course, Kamala. Okay, spoiler alert. Kamala became VP, but you know, 
I will prosecute this president. Still, man. Have Joe Biden's a segregationist piece of shit. Five minutes later, I accept your nomination to be vice president. I believe Joe Biden's accuser. Uh, Tara Reid. Yeah. Who's yeah. that? <laughs> what? Who? Who built the cages, Joe? <laughs> Who built the cages? It's also incredible. There's a lot of hypocrisy. You know? Here we yeah. are. There's hypocrisy on both sides. There's there really, is. There's really and fine people and fine and, hypocrisy and when, when on you, both sides. When you call out the shit from everybody, you know, everyone's going to hate you. And I, I just got a message from our buddy Reed Coverdale, and um, I wrote a really like touching and nice obituary to Rush Limbaugh today. Oh yeah, and you I, want to pour gonna, one out for Rush? Gonna, you want to yeah, read that? We're gonna pour one out for him, and I'm gonna read my obit. You know, because I believe in the First Amendment. I believe in saying whatever you want. So I wrote, uh, I shared a nice picture of him lighting a stogie, and I said, "You were the original deplorable." A hate merchant who peddled in paranoia, xenophobia, warmongering, hate, judgment, and just overall vileness. But what is more American than that, right? You did it your way, and just perhaps it is a little warmer now south of the border. Rest easy, Rush, 1951 to 2021. And uh, The McDonald's of hate radio. I mean, he, dude, he did it big. He did it his way. And he he just he he is an innovator. I have to give him that. He he really is like one of the first big people to monetize fear in such such a mass mass way. I mean, it was, it's amazing. Made him a very wealthy man. Made him incredibly wealthy. And um, well, like Howard Stern, right? I mean, what's the term? Shock jock. Shock jock. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, but but what he was, he ended up becoming. But, uh, a, he became a DNC delegate, Howard Stern. Yeah, Reed. <laughs> <laughs> He's become a toilet for the DNC. Oh, poor Howard. He's Hillary's gold crusted toilet seat. Reed messaged me. Parts of the great movie, though. Reed it Coverdale, is. our libertarian friend and uh, big Al- Tulsi Aloha guy. brother, our Aloha brother, part of the Aloha Tucker Caucus, um, shared my thing, and he said a lot of people are butthurt about it. And um, what did he say? You hurt their feet. Yeah, he said he said they're butt hurt, and he said, you know, fuck Rush. And I said, yeah, fuck him, man. I, I, I don't I, look. I don't celebrate people's deaths, but the people who love Rush Limbaugh want to suck his ass. If someone they hate dies, they'll go and do it all day long. No, like no holds barred. They'll do what they do. I don't think Rush Limbaugh is known for being a sensitive, caring individual. That's the point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's the guy who would like highlight people who died from AIDS. Talk about AIDS deaths and... Like that was a funny thing. Yeah, like... He like called that. Chandra Fluke a slut. Yeah, I mean, for, he's for birth control. gross, man. He's one of those you know? men who are upset about women and their birth control. Like, that's a weird fetish. Small dick that's energy. That's weird, like, <laughs> what 50-year-old man who chops a cigar spends two th- seconds thinking about a, 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 a uh, um, you know... A woman who can't really have access to birth control, or, or like worrying about that, like yeah. even I mean, thinking they, they about should it. be able to get access to birth control. Like, why are why are you why are you not upset about the wars in the Middle East, but you're raging about a woman in birth control? Never mind all of the pills that dude was on. Oh, okay. you want to talk about? He wasn't pills? on the pill. He was on <laughs> many all pills. All the pills. All the pills. <laughs> <laughs> Rawr, give me a Big Mac and four pills. Basically, oh. I'm, you ever see uh, that movie uh, where they, uh, you know, surgically, you know, put someone's mouth on someone's anus? It's called uh, Human Centipede. That's me and Donald Trump. I gave Rush the Medal of Honor. <laughs> it was incredible. He deserved it. Look, he let's be honest. It. I say something here at InfoWars. Rush Limbaugh takes it. He pours a little water on it. He waters it down. He makes a million dollars. That's the truth, folks. InfoWars.com. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, so this, but this goes. But I shared a thing about Rest Larry. In power. Yeah, I shared a thing about Larry Flint, and um, part of my statement is Rush Limbaugh had the right to say everything he said, 
and I, I didn't want, I don't want him. I didn't want what he said censored. I don't want what Larry Flint said censored. You know, your Twitter, I don't want that censored. Have it all out there, man. Let's let's fucking talk like adults. Let's be treat. Let's treat each other like adults. Right. Rush did you know? do and say these things when he was alive. Yeah. Of course yeah, he did. Obviously, condolences to your family and anybody who passes, but. Be truthful about what what they were promoting and what doing and making money off of when they were alive and pro, you know promoted their career, yeah. which is the reality of it. So you know that's why across the board, man, the First Amendment is important to me, and I, w- I don't want to shut down anyone's speech. Right, we don't want Russia's First Amendment, you know, uh, shut down or Gina Carano or um, progressives and, and leftists who were going to be uh, censored and shut down. And, and that's taken off. happens next. I mean, that, oh, that's one of the things oh. that like. Progressives are, they historically, I mean, like the Black Panthers were being targeted by the government. Um, any, Fred Hampton was Freddie Hampton. Anti-war yeah. movement, the Quakers, all anything associated with the left going back to the 60s, they were the biggest target for the FBI and the government. Cointel Pro. Progressive and left-leaning organizations. That hasn't changed. Yeah. So all these, like, butthurt MAGA people and, like, people on the right, oh, if someone said this about a liberal Democrat, you know, um, they'd be tossed off Twitter. Only the right gets punished, you know? It's like, uh, no, they're coming for everybody. And, and, and you're cool with it until it happens to your team. You know yeah. what I mean? So I'm across the board civil libertarian on First Amendment. Luckily, Neera Tandon can delete all of her oh. tweets and get appointed oh. to more power. Bernie, Bernie, Bernie will just, he will warm up the bath for her, give her a beautiful tongue bath, and sail the nomination right through the Senate. We don't all have the money to give to PBS and, and the media that Bill Gates has. You know, for Eric, you ignorant whore. <laughs> Eric, yeah. Colin, you <laughs> no, ignorant sorry. slut. Yeah. yeah, you ignorant <laughs> slut. Yeah, you know. which senator was that? Kennedy uh, from uh, Louisiana. How the fuck does a guy like that? I mean, I guess I can understand how he gets elected, but Jesus Christ. That guy's a U.S. senator? Oh, uh, yeah. The, the, we have some really interesting people uh, in our government. some real beauties down there, yeah. Colin. He's a real beauty. But what we don't have anymore in there is our our Aloha friend Tulsi and Justin Amash on the libertarian side. Yeah, the two people who really spoke like, truth about the divorce. The, reason. the two barely forty year old fucking reasonable based members of Congress that we should have four hundred people like them. Instead, we get Marjorie Marjorie fucking Q Taylor Moron Swift Green Taylor Yeah Taylor Swift. We got Gates though. You know what I'm you here. Like f- you know hair. what I'm here for, Colin, is when Rokana and Matt Gates team up. To I be like based. that synergy when they when they team up to be based <laughs> and say we need to stop what we're doing in Saudi Arabia and they're both maybe coming at it from different angles, but they both kind of ultimately arrive at the same th- prescriptions. Yeah, and I think that's brilliant, and I think you need to work with Republicans. I mean, that's one of the really th- the things I r- really value about my New Hampshire experience and what what I'm doing right now. Is that like, a, and part of what Tulsi paved the way for mm. is to have dialogue right. and conversations and explain, like, what, you know, working in the union, understanding right to work and how much bullshit that is. And, you know, if you are a Republican and you really believe in small government, do you honestly think that the government should be dictating, like, uh, how much people are making and whether they're involved in a union or not? And and all of these things that, uh, that that the government's again inserting itself into. Yeah, no, that's a great point, right? Do you believe in freedom of like association? You're, you're, you're against minimum wage, but but and like you're you're against the, the government setting that that whatsoever. But you're not against the government going in and being involved in negotiation contracts. Yeah, and like like all all of, all of these things. Like, why don't we have a, a broader conversation about this? Yeah, yeah, it's it's. Uh it's the the hypocrisy and it, it's it can bum you out a lot you know with the politics can can really can get you down 
you know. And that, that's why having the Aloha Queen or you know somebody who can <laughs> smile about it and be like, uh, you know, I just I just sued Hillary Clinton and dude, like, dude, yeah, we like, we got to touch on that. The she lock, actually, yeah, Trump was like lock her up and he never did. Up, Hillary, uh, and, and, something and so Tulsi nice. was like, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, sue her. Like, Bitch, I'm gonna sue forward, you. Forward, let's go forward with that. That was an incredible moment on the campaign. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was at a bachelor party. I had minimal service during that whole thing. So I didn't know. Well, the original Russian asset, com- asset comment I didn't hear about until like a, a little few hours after it happened. That yeah, triggered the whole thing. That was, Those were like three days I didn't sleep, to be oh honest. My, uh, uh, my work was so busy then because of so many media requests. Right. You know, like, and uh, I was running entire press gaggles in Iowa at the time. You know, like just thank you, like, Hillary. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> if the nesting doll fits, you know, her little gimp there, her spokesman gimp. Who was that? What was that guy's name? Hillary's spokesman. Was it Robbie Mook? Someone who confirmed that yeah, the Russian or some other. Yeah. Some yeah other, somebody works for some CNN. other cock. Yeah. Some asshole. You know, yeah. it's just some, some Clinton, MSNBC, CNN bootlegging some asshole. Clinton affiliated asshole. Media matters. You know, David Brock. And asshole. they are all they are. They are all assholes. They are. You guys are all assholes. And uh, but that was that was one of the most exciting parts of the. The Tulsi experience was, you know, being able to really show the, the whole Clinton thing, you know, how corrupt in and, and, and that tweet, one of the most base tweets. You call it the queen of the war ever sent out in the history of Twitter, dude. Tulsi. And, gets and the I think that honestly, that more than likely the reason that Twitter took my account down is because Twitter and this is they delete likes from that tweet. Check this out right now. Yeah. Yeah. But go to, I mean, it's an amazing thread. Now it's a phenomenon. Because it still exists and constantly a lot of other people who are, you know, um, First Amendment, Julian Assange, people on constantly watching this on social media because every time I go back there, my like has disappeared, my retweet mm. has disappeared. But my comments like being like, hey, Twitter, why are you doing this? They are there and they're growing in likes because like the way they block it is is set up funky. Um, but I, it's it's definitely a thing, and and it's because going after Hillary Clinton is yeah is a big well, that's, deal. Uh, as I, I I call them the Clinton cartel. That's a powerful <laughs> cartel and a mafia, and uh, you know this just fearless based warrior surfer, Samoan surfer from Hawaii. And in, in Iowa, so I remember when comes she, out of nowhere. Yeah, when she when uh, she brought me into the inner circle and was like, you know, Cullen, I I want to be honest with you, we're gonna go up against. Hillary Clinton. Shit's about to pop. Where off. do I sign? She, 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 she's yeah. She's like I'm. Some people, you know, might not want to go this far with me. Like, are, are you down? <laughs> <laughs> and I, Am I down? Yeah, I was like, I was a Bernie delegate in 2016 when they tried to put me into a corner. You were like, like you were like, like Major Gabbard. I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> Like, yeah, you have oh. my, my sword and my pen. I oh. will really, like, whatever I can do to help you in this scenario, I'm living for this. Exactly. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I don't know that there will ever be another Democratic candidate that, that in our lifetime that will be able to get behind like that. Yeah. That just spoke the truth without without fear. And, um, you know, I, like I said earlier, man, I, su- I supported Ron Paul big time. Uh, 2008, 2012. Um, Gary Johnson, you know, I, Eric was more a Gary guy. He actually, you worked for Gary. Aleppo. Yeah. That what was, is it? He's like, what is Aleppo? That he, was bad. He was like, are you serious? I like Gary. I know he's like, Gary. He's like, yeah, I am it, serious. His heart wasn't really into it. Not really. You know? I mean, he, he wants to make a point. I mean, he was, and, and he was I, a better choice than Trump and Hillary. 
Um, well, he, I make I make the point that Tulsi knew what Aleppo was because she'd been there. Right. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> is that where Assad is? <laughs> well, that's, what I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's when Tulsi Wait, was Damascus, running. Damascus, Aleppo. Yeah. What is Aleppo? Potato, oh, man. I'm yeah. seeing like I'm seeing some Dennis Kucinich synergy in here. I'm seeing some Ron Paul. I'm seeing someone with some real courage and some real guts. And now I think now 2020, 2024 beyond, you run, you got guts, you're just going to get canceled. You know, things have been so watered down and and, uh, and, and just so, you know, cut off at the knees. And it's I, I just, you know, I don't know what kind of ghoul will the Republicans Let's put say up? get Joe Biden. <laughs> we have exactly. Joe Biden. Yeah. He's been he's been in government, you know, for the better part of 50 years. Lobotomized Biden. You know what you're going to get with Joe Biden. But he, he's the change. At least we got the fascists out. We got the fascists out. We got the bad orange man out. You know, he hurt our feelings so badly for four years. Who built the cages? Joe, Joe Biden's going to put a nice rainbow flag on every bad policy that he does, and we're just going to masturbate all over it. It's going to be hashtag uh, woke brunch. So I was telling you guys about my dentist earlier, and oh yeah, and, and, and so he knows about my politics, and we, we talk politics as soon as I, as soon as he sees me, he starts getting into it. Um, and he asked me like how I feel about the change, and I said I've gone from being embarrassed for my country with Trump to being disappointed. All yeah, right. you know, That's like something. and like and and. I think it's it obviously it's better, and I voted for Biden. Sure, for the right. record. You know? Hey, I don't blame you. And, and I knew he was going to win California anyway, but I I did think that there was value in having a large um, popular count vote, right? I think Bernie made that ar- argument. I I you know really agreed with Bernie um, in, in that way, and I also am smart enough that I know that it's not. Biden or Trump, it's Betsy DeVos, it's Pete Buttigieg, it's the people that they put into power. And I might not agree with, um, you know, the majority of Biden's people, but I would say 90% of Trump's people were ghouls. Oh, you know, oh and like, Eric and, Prince? And, and, yeah. The and, cavalcade and, of ghouls. Bar. And, and the, the whole, like, Elliot Abrams. I, I'm against the swamp and the status quo, and here's John Bolton. Yeah, like, like yeah. you know, it's oh, we uh, we've been saying that the whole time too. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of the MAGA people and the Q people, they they either don't know who it is, or they don't want to know who it is. Yeah. Oh, I've never they, heard of him. They don't understand that that you know Barr was one of the guys who covered for Jeffrey Epstein as well as Acosta, the labor secretary. And who then when quietly the, disappeared. Well, that when it yeah. came, when he was an Hispanic guy, did a great job. Now he's gone. You oh, were Florida's no. wonderful. You were in the suite. Now you're on the I'm street. You're fired. Acosta yeah. was the guy that made sure Epstein got the sweetheart deal in Florida originally Correct, yeah. in 08. So, oh, really? Trump's going to shut down the pedophiles. Yeah, the Trump's going to release the Kennedy files. He's going to stop the wars. Like My you, ass. You were saying earlier tonight too, right? That. Uh, he, uh, he kicked him out of his country club at Mar-a-Lago. It's like the fact that they were at the same country club, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't make this. Dude, up. the video of the king all horned up dancing with Epstein and Ghislaine lurking in the background. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or or, or it's like that f- the, for the Clintons, right? Like it's how the, many? It's both. How it's many both. Ta- yeah. And, and how many times did he go to that island? And how many times is he in that flight log? And how many times? Can that story be completely omitted? Clinton <laughs> Clinton flew on Epstein's plane w- without Secret Minimum. Service cover at least twenty five times. Insane, insane, and to think that that, okay. that man with his history of behavior. I mean, yeah, I'm a, a man. A you're a man. We're, we're all like he's like, a rapist. Yeah, Bill Clinton's I mean, a rapist. Not, Even the New York Times is saying, "I believe Juanita Broderick." Finally, so no, but yeah. you're talking about Colin situational awareness here, and you're yeah. the fucking former president of the United States, and you're going to tell me you don't know what Epstein's up to, dude? You're in on it. You're part of his fucking gang. 
I, like, okay. I, unless you're expecting us to assume he's a fucking moron. Yeah, well, exactly. Right? No, like, Clint, like Clinton's brilliant. Both bad. No, no, Clinton right. is brilliant, dude. He's no yeah. moron. I don't, th- and I agree with you. Yeah. Neither is Trump. Trump's not a moron either. Yeah. Neither is George. None of them are. Right. Yeah. I mean, t- to get that, to get that far in politics, you have to understand people. Yeah. Totally. And, and I mean, what I think Trump and Clinton both understood is the media. You know, I mean. There's, it's funny actually. George Stephanopoulos was someone that I remember dealing with Tulsi and like that the Russia Gate fucking paranoia hysteria when they were still asking her like if she was a Russia person. Oh God, that bullshit. Uh, yeah, that was like one of the first interviews, and it was like you know, ABC I think that Stephanopoulos. Yeah. On. So it was like I like Beatrice, and I was like ABC is is one of the better ones, and then like as soon as the question, he's like. Today, the Daily Beast reported you love Russia. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, Tulsi's face is just like, how did wh- wh- how did you get here? How did you get here? Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, oh, we know how he got there. Yeah. And, and, I mean, look at it. It's like women who went after Clinton. He had a propaganda machine to destroy mm-hmm. those women. Started like, with Hillary. And, and, and that's why it's, it's not just his, like, you know, bad behavior or his like immoral, like sexual life. It's that like he used his power to destroy these young women Mm -hmm. as much as he could. And that the same political party that is like, you know, everyone has to have rainbow colored weapons. Believe all women. Yeah. Yeah. It it just really needs a whole like. Needs a fucking enema. This town needs an enema. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he's fucking Jesus. <laughs> we need we need we need fucking Kurt Russell from Jesus. the thing with a flamethrower. I was, and Mel Gibson in a in a wall. <laughs> yeah, we need Mel Gibson. a wall. Yeah. yeah, I will bury you in the fucking rose garden. It's incredible, Mike. Oh man, well, what can you even say? It's been great talking to you, Colin. Yeah, you know, thank this. you so much for coming on. Yeah. So where can uh, where can people find you, Colin, on social media? Not to dox you, but to follow you and support you and engage and, uh, in a thoughtful and engage. conversation sure. so, so as long as twitter hasn't canceled me yet during this conversation um uh, my twitter handle is cullen yosarian and like that. Y- yosarian the protagonist from catch 22 um he's armenian he he's in war but he's like i don't want to fucking be here at all hmm. he slowly recognizes that his enemy is not the germans but the people telling him to kill germans and, and you know uh, th- that kind of um, right epiphany. Right. So he's like you know during the Iraq War, he's the neocons. Those the, are the real enemies. The, yeah. If you're well, over in Iraq. <laughs> yeah, the Paul Wolfowitzes. Yeah, Fife, Cheney, yeah. Pearl, Wolfowitz, Rumsfeld, yeah. Brenner. Ru- <sighs> all of them. The whole the whole lot of them. Donald was, Rumsfeld. So I, th- this is kind of a weird story, but I did meet Dick Cheney in Iraq. Oh, God. And I was able Whoa. to lock. Wait, wait. Cheney went to Iraq? And he I, certainly didn't go to Vietnam, but he, he actually to go, went to Iraq? He had to get a new heart. Yeah, yeah. He went to... He didn't have a deferment for Iraq? They had some Iraqi boy's heart on ice for him waiting in a cooler. At Abu Ghraib. <laughs> yeah, at Abu Ghraib. KBR is a wonderful company. Yeah. <laughs> God. Um, but yeah, no, I was able to lie to him twice in 30 seconds. And I don't know why I did it, but I think it's just kind of his energy met my energy. But he asked me um, where I was from. And I said Wyoming. 
And I nice. think that's because that's where he's from. Yes. And you, you like fly fishing? And, and maybe I troll. Heard, maybe I don't I still don't know why I did that. But I remember the look on his face when I was like, I was from Wyoming. And then he said, how long have you been here? And I think I heard, how long have you been in the Marine Corps? So I said three years and gave him an even crazier look. Oh, Jesus. Look. <laughs> <laughs> Did so, you get a picture with him? Uh, I did not. Because that would be a great WikiLeaks I, release. I, 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 was, I think I had the camera in my hand, and he was giving some awards to some Marines. Oh, those reptiles love to give out medals. Yeah, they, they love to, they love to pin medals on the troops. I, yeah. I, I didn't he gives him such a hard-on. Uh, yeah. he, he loved to give Fucking asshole. His daughter, that, too. That's amazing. That reminds you of a story. My, my friend Sandra Hicks, who is a... Uh, he would probably describe himself at this point as a socialist or a yeah. democratic socialist. He's from New York. He ran for Congress. Great guy, great researcher, author, um, punk rocker. He got to meet Dick Cheney, too. But he had to spend $10,000 to get a photo off with him at a Republican fundraiser. <laughs> the picture of the two of them is incredible. There is a photo. There's I didn't f- pay shit. Well, well, <laughs> yeah. well you, paid wow. an, you paid in blood. Yeah, yeah. You, you paid, paid in other ways. You paid in service to Uncle Sam. <laughs> you paid, yeah, U.S. Marine Corps. But I so, love our Marines. So Sander gets a moment with Dick Cheney, you know, and... He's shaking his hand. He's talking to him, and he's looking at him. He's like, you know, I I just wanted to ask you this. You need to put my mind at ease. And he was he was trolling him like you were. He's like, some of my friends think that you were involved in 9-11. What do you say to that? And he was like, well, uh, son, that's not true. And then he got the photo, and that was it. But he spent he literally spent like I think five ten, or ten grand ten grand five make, or ten grand to, to make that to make the photo happen to make it happen and that's what the great thing about New Hampshire Eric you got a photo with Donald Trump yeah and you were technically to be in that with those people probably to have spent between a thousand and five thousand dollars oh yeah it was at the, uh, the New Hampshire Republican Party's Steve Stepniak's house in Bedford. And and I, I weaseled my way in there to the private reception in the living room, to, and I got a picture with the king. And you had to have like a wristband and pay money. And I went, I frogged in. I I'm an old Navy Shield Cullen from Minnesota. I was a I was part of the Mongol biker gang. I was governor. I frogged my way in there, incognito. And uh, I was with my buddy Scott. Yeah, and we got a picture with the king. But um. Yeah, it's funny when you hear about people who fork pony up thousands and thousands of dollars to get pictures with fucking <coughs> politicians, and uh, it's like, oh, yeah, I just uh, I was in a diner in Nashua. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was in a diner, which is why we can't lose our first of the nation. Status. No, and you know, we will. I, I will fight that. We'll fight it, folks. We'll get fire and brimstone. Remember the Alamo. I will join Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, and we will fight Nevada. You whoring, gaming. Siegfried and Roy, Beatles love revolution. Chris, uh, uh, Angel, Magic freaks will never get my primary. You'll get my guns before you get my primary. What is it? Uh, live free or die. Live free. Vote first or die. Exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, awesome. Well, Colin, thanks for coming out tonight, man. This this was great. We'll definitely do it again. And um, folks, we appreciate you listening. And uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to us on Spotify and on Podbean under Jackman Radio. And if you want to become a patron, throw us five bucks a month so we can keep this thing going and keep growing it. Uh, go to patreon.com slash Jackman Radio. Say hi to me on Twitter at Jackman Radio and on Instagram. Um, and we really appreciate you listening. Take care of yourself. Thank you. Thanks, Colin. Aloha. Aloha. Aloha.